Well, well, well. Look who come crawling back to castles and cryptids. <laughs> right? After our, like, what was the last one? UK? That was that was a tough oh. episode. That just came out today. Yeah. Shit, we gotta get on it. <laughs> I know, we have to, like... We're behind, guys. We have to pre-record some episodes. We like to be ahead. Anytime like, we're ahead, episodes. I feel like we immediately fall behind. It never lasts more than, like, a week. <laughs> god damn it i i know i'm a bit of a procrastinator like because once i get going on notes i feel like i can do them pretty fast question mark i don't know (laughs) uh like i watched a documentary last night that there was about the case that i'm doing for our next crime one cool which is going to should we tell them what it's gonna do yeah yeah because it's after this one yeah (laughs) We normally let them know at the end of the episode. We can let them know at the beginning. (laughs) In case you want to skip this one if the next comes out. (laughs) It's abductions. Well, well, kidnapping. We could call it something like abducted, abductions in plain sight, like that Netflix. Did you ever see that crazy show? Oh, that scares me too much. I don't like that. Every time I'd add it to my list on Netflix, and then the little, like, trailer that auto plays would auto play and i'm like nope too creepy and i take it off my list <laughs> and then i think I'd the like... creepiest thing about it is how manipulated both of her parents became by the same per like the perpetrator creepy. who was just a horrible person oh my god it's so good though <laughs> my in my research though i realized almost any child murder is considered an abduction or kidnapping oh god because I found a Wikipedia page that listed every kidnapping that apparently has, like, ever happened. I don't think it would be ever, but it had hundreds listed. Mm. And it was oh by by century. So it was, like, the year 1800 to 1900 and then 1900 to 1950 and then 1950 to 1975 or something. It had it broken into what? segments. Yeah. And I scrolled through it. And I was like, well, one of my cases isn't, isn't on here, but the other one is. And then um, oh, I was going through. Cases. Yeah. And I was going through it. I was like, wow, <laughs> these are pretty much just like any time a kid was taken. It was like, kid was taken for two hours and then murdered. And I was like, well, does that classify as a kidnapping? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, so... my God. Just getting into the semantics of it. That's... Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, so one of mine is kind of like that. It may or may not, you may or may not consider it a kidnapping, but my other one definitely is. So that's kind of why I'm doing two. (laughs) It counts. Yeah. If they're gone for a period of time, like, the kid has been napped. You'd be scared. You would notice. Exactly. And it's probably, like, the most famous ones, too, on the list, I would hazard a guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy, though. There's so many. There is so, so many. But it was interesting because each one had like a little blurb about it. So you could kind of learn about, like I learned about like upwards of a hundred kidnappings in like 20 minutes. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. <laughs> then did you have to go on, what is it, r slash iBleach on Reddit, <laughs> which is just like kittens and puppies yeah, and like right. cute animals doing Pretty things. much. I'm pretty sure I just closed the tab and went to Netflix and was like, something happy, please. <laughs> I need therapy now. Yeah. Just Wait, like, isn't that from a cartoon or something? I just remember someone being like, I'm traumatized now. 
It might be The Simpsons. I don't, I can't recall. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Anywho, what are we? <laughs> That's this our... week, though. That's next week. That's our banter. We were yeah. doing some real. What the hell were we talking about before? Oh, I, I was. We were like ranting. This is the rant and rave section. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, yeah. the state of the world today. Ugh. Yeah. It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting God. deep. We were getting deep. Yes, but we're not, you know, nobody nobody will ever come to us for the <laughs> political scoop. No. So that's, and we're fine with that. <laughs> no, that, that gets you in touchy yeah. water and No, no, no. We're here so. for the crime and yeah. the curiousness. Of, yeah. it all, of the weirdness. Yeah. What are we talking about today? <laughs> this week is, I don't know, originally we just said it was Egypt, and then in my head I was thinking ancient <gasps> Egypt, yeah. and I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know. It's Egypt. It is. It is. It's like mysteries of yeah. Egypt, I would say. A lot of, a um, lot of mysteries of Egypt. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> sorry sorry just staring at my uh paper <laughs> words <Okay>. on paper <laughs> i know how to podcast now <laughs> oh great keep all this in no <laughs> yeah we're we're three um. episodes away from our six month anniversary and we know how to podcast oh. yeah. we're big girls now yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I am excited to talk about Egypt. Ancient Egypt, ugh. There's a lot of mysteries and curses and secrets. Yeah. And wild shit. And I'm excited. You could probably, like, there probably is entire podcasts about Egypt. There's definitely entire episodes about the curses. Oh, yeah. I think so. Which I'm excited because you're going to talk about some curse related stuff right if i'm right <laughs> i my research kind of kept continually changing <laughs> oh my I god i could have kept going forever i like i could have just kept reading things and just adding stuff and then i'm like wait <laughs> well like i think i had told Stop. you at one point i was gonna talk about because i didn't know if you knew about it or not the lost city of punt and then Oh. So I had, like, a whole... Punt with a P as in Peter? Yeah, P-U-N-T. <laughs> Just to clarify. I'm popping those P's. It's P as in punt. Oh, and no, you said it perfectly. I know. Like, you enunciated it well. I was just like, ooh, that one's a tough word that's very... Yeah. <laughs> Close to something else. Okay. Um... But yeah, so I had a bunch of research on it, and then when I was trying to edit my notes, I was looking, and one paragraph said, oh yeah, historians, like, can't agree where, like, this lost, it's kind of like the lost Atlantis of, like, Africa, but it had to do with Egypt, and, because, like, Egyptians wrote about it, but it actually was in Africa, and, or supposedly... And so they're like, yeah, they can't agree on where it was located or whatever. And then the next source I looked at was like, yeah, historians agree that it was on this lake or like beside this river at this exact point. And I was like, well, fuck, like, really? Okay, so is it lost or is it not lost? And then I was like, whatever, I'm just not going to cover it because I was like, I'm not going to go through this whole thing about the city being lost and people don't know 
anything about it, blah, 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 blah. But here's where it was located definitively. Like, <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. No, I find that I came across stuff like that, like differing yeah. opinions, because the stuff is so old that we only think we kind of understand it. <laughs> and then yeah. there's definitely like, there's Egyptologists who completely disagree with one another. Like, yeah. usually respectfully so, but... <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you... well, looking at this, I I interpret it this way. And it's like, well, that's totally believable. But, like, you're so... Okay, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I love Lost Cities and there's, you know, there's a little bit of that in mind. So, yeah. that's cool. I would but I would like to hear about it. I, I, I don't have it in my notes anymore. But if you... Damn. <laughs> I, I have some other stuff. But if you, if you do want to listen or learn about punt it it was kind of cool there's lots of like pictures on it and stuff that they have like hieroglyphs and paintings about it and stuff from like different countries apparently it was a super rich like trading post oh sorry i was gonna say that maybe we could do a patreon deep dive we could yeah maybe sweet well (laughs) do you want to go first i can yeah (laughs) I so I have some like yeah. funner sections because I was so dark and sad last week. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's let's bring it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. So I had oh, that's cool. A bit more fun researching this. It wasn't like child gets murdered or anything. I'll bring that back <laughs> next week. I promise. This week. probably just some slaves when they like yeah. lay down with the pharaohs. They were the only ones, but they like all went willingly from most things we <laughs> we we tombs we find and stuff. They yeah. just like yeah, sure, I'll go to the afterlife with you. <laughs> no <Right>? biggie. <laughs> so my my Ugh. first part, if you remember back in the Germany episode, you played a little true or false with me. Well, I have some fact <laughs> or fiction for you. No, <laughs> revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. these I got directly. Um, this is like verbatim. I didn't even bother retyping this. Um, the yeah, little like okay. answers it does. But so this is a game of fact or fiction from explore.berkshiremuseum.org. So, ah, yeah. Explore Berkshire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is Egyptian hieroglyphs were the first written language. Is that fact or fiction? Fiction. You're right. Yay. <laughs> I was so, like, we don't even freaking agree how old Egypt things right? are. Some of them. Okay. <laughs> so the write-up they have says that while Egyptian hieroglyphs are believed to be among the earliest written languages, archaeological evidence suggests that it was not the first. The oldest known written language is Sumerian, which I've heard of before, and our earliest evidence of this is the Kish tablet, which has been dated to the early 2nd millennium BCE, which I had to look up what that meant, and it means before current era or before common era. So I think it's an alternative to just BC, yeah. If it's yeah. non-religious sounding or yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. So the earliest evidence of the Egyptian language dates to um so that's about thirty five thousand or thirty five hundred to thirty one hundred BCE. 
The first Egyptian language dates back to about 2690 BCE and was found on a tomb wall. So that's not surprising. Um, Written on papyrus carved into wood or stone and used to decorate utilitarian and sacred objects, Egyptian hieroglyphs remained in use for nearly 4,000 years. That's a long time. Yeah. The ancient Egyptians believed that the god... um, Some pronunciations differ. People say it as either Toth or Thoth. Um, Oh, yes. I heard it. I heard at least... One of those. I've heard Thoth, I think. Yeah. Blah, that's hard to say. The, yeah, it is. When I was oh, looking shit. up pronunciation, the source I had was somebody that said that the safest way is pronounced Thouth. Just oh, for th- God's sake. Throw in a W. Um, no, that's not coming out of my mouth. Right? <laughs> no way. Um, so they believe, so the oh, ancient God. Egyptians believed that the god Thoth. I'm going to say, had invented writing. Thoth was an important god in the Egyptian pantheon and was also the god of magic, wisdom, and the moon. Okay, yes. And the god of writing? Did you say that? Uh, I found a source that had, like, a bigger list for him. This one says magic, wisdom, and the moon. Yeah, I think he comes up in mine. We'll probably talk about him again. Perfect. Um, so oh the, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was fun because it has little write-ups. I'm like, I learned a bit, <laughs> quite a bit in this fact or fiction. This was um, a really fun episode to research. It was. <laughs> so, the next one. Are you ready? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptians invented the 365-day calendar. Fact or fiction? Uh, fiction? Eh. <laughs> It's fact. Oh, God damn them. I know, like, the Mayans used it, too, in their construction of things. I don't know. Oh, the Mayans will be a whole nother episode. <laughs> I love the Mayans. <clears throat> oh, my it's God, like the Mayans my... will be another episode. We it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, <gasps> yeah, I love Why the have Mayans. we not done a Mayans episode? Right? Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> they're a little blurb from this website again, verbatim, in air quotes. The, because Kelsey's lazy. Um, Drink every time you say verbatim. Oh my god, no. (laughs) I'm drinking no matter what, so. (laughs) It says, the ancient Egyptians were skilled astronomers who gathered and analyzed information about the universe without the aid of modern tools like telescopes or calculators. By Mm. recording the annual appearance of the star Sirius, they devised a 365-day calendar with 12 months of 30 days each and an extra five-day festive days at the end of the year. Oh, okay. But the aliens helped them with that. I think that's (laughs) a very point we have to bring up so many times. (sighs) <sighs> says like many calendar Gosh. makers throughout history they did not initially account for the fraction of a day it takes earth to complete its orbit around the sun and over time the calendar shifted the macedonian pharaoh and this i had to look up the pronunciation because it was a doozy uh so the <laughs> macedonian pharaoh ptolemy the third you urge a test you urge a test <laughs> um, huge urges yeah 
No, uh, 284 to 222 BCE corrected this by adding an extra day every four years, like our modern right. leap year. Um, so he corrected it. Which is crazy because it's like, with even without that, you're still figuring it down to like, not if not the decimal point, yeah, to the exact number without a calculator, just by looking at Sirius in the sky. It's like what the fuck? Okay, sure. No, (laughs) I um I have to say I'm probably gonna talk about this in my segment too, but I ended up reading, kind of, as part of my research a bit. Um, but it's not focused on Egypt exactly, but it's on the, like the ancient alien theory. It's a book by one Mm -hmm. of the guys who's featured on that show, Eric Von Doniken. It's called Chariots of the Gods. Yeah. It's all about all the ancient like symbols that like, you know, oh my God. It's, (laughs) he talks about, (laughs) Egypt comes up a lot in that, in that theory, the ancient alien (laughs) theory. Yeah. Because it's like, how the fuck? Anyway. So the next one is the ancient Egyptians were the first to domesticate cats. Fact or fiction? Fiction. You're correct. You're doing good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Because, okay, I think I might know why. I heard. This one didn't have a whole bunch. It just said all our modern house cats descend from a single species of Middle Eastern wild cat. And the earliest arc. Archaeological evidence of cat domestication is a 9,500-year-old grave site discovered in Cyprus where a person was buried alongside their feline companion. A similar (laughs) find in a burial mound in Egypt dates to around 6,000 years ago. Recent genetic analysis suggests that domestication began much earlier than that up to 12,000 years ago. That's a really long time says wild cats were likely slowly domesticated in Egypt and elsewhere in the Me- Middle East as they hunted vermin and in vermin, agri- yeah. yeah vermin in agricultural areas aiding farmers who in turn provided food and protection from larger predators over time specialized breeding programs emphasized certain traits and cats became family pets that commonly appeared in tomb paintings and entombed with their human companions and I tried to look up the pronunciation of this, but it says the Egyptian cat word for cat is, it just said mew, but it's spelled M-I-U or M-I-U-T. Um, M-I-U. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a character that Rain is obsessed with, my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a character called Mew in a, yeah. like, it's like in an anime. <laughs> I think I've heard of that That's one before. Uh, oh, okay. Um, but their Egyptian word it just translates to the one who mews, which is so cute. Oh my god, <laughs> adorable! Right, it's so cute. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say like what I heard they featured it on um, a night classy. One of them covered the domestication of cats, and what I gleaned out of it was that cats really decided that they would like mutually benefit from us giving them food and stuff and they were like sure we'll let you think you're domesticating us <laughs> i love you it know, they're that's cats they do whatever the hell they want that's yeah. such a cat thing we'll exactly. let you yeah yeah and then i'm sure exactly we started to like yeah breed out whatever traits and do things after that but it was like yeah 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 you're you were letting you domesticate it. exactly <laughs> 
The next one kind of goes along with this. I'm pretty sure anybody in the world is going to get it right. Um, The ancient Egyptians were cat lovers. Oh, that's the fact or fiction? Yeah. It kind of goes with... Fact. Yeah, right? Okay. I feel like anybody would get that one because it's like, yeah. They're like, Um, we got to throw a fact in here. (laughs) Jeez. There are little things as the ancient Egyptians valued all animals and associated many with their gods and goddesses, but cats were particularly appreciated for their intelligence, hunting skills, and companionship. Cats were associated with... Yeah. Cats were associated with several powerful deities, including the lion-headed goddess Bastet... No. So bad at these pronunciations, <laughs> even when I look them up. Boss Just gives up. <laughs> Bastet? That one messed nice. me up because it's... Uh, yeah. Bastet? No uh, goddess Nailed of it. the home, domesticity, and fertility. And... Oh. Yeah. Some Egyptologists believe that cats themselves were worshipped as demigods, but others disagree. Either way, Egyptians' love for their cats was well known in the ancient world. There were strict penalties for anyone who harmed or smuggled cats. Hundreds of thousands of cats were mummified, (laughs) both as family, (laughs) beloved pets, humans wanted to join them in the afterlife, uh, and as sacrificial offerings. Hey. Yeah. They loved them a little too much. Yeah. The Greek historian Herodotus, Herodotus. Oh, right. um, I have to say his name in mine, too. Yeah, Herodotus? Herodotus? Yeah, that's what the internet said. Herodotus. um, Yeah, such a weird one. He lived in the 5th century BCE, but this article said he was not always the most reliable source. But he shared... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he shared... Harry! <laughs> How dare you tell lies! <laughs> right? He shared a story about Egyptian battle with the Persians in 525 BCE when the Persian king Cambyses II allegedly drove a pack of hung... Angry... Or, bleh, drove a pack of <laughs> angry cats ahead of his army and the Egyptians supposedly <sighs> surrendered rather than offend Bostet by harming the cats to get to the enemy. So... What? Yeah. So apparently when they get that whole joke about it's like herding cats, well, apparently this Persian king, (laughs) Cambyses II, apparently mastered it. So... A herd of angry, hangry cats. Yeah. Just clawing and scratching and screaming and bristling. Oh my god. Yeah. That would be a dangerous task. <laughs> um, That's insane. Okay. And then the next one we've touched on, but <laughs> both of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so it may it may go against what you have, but this source says fact or fiction: slaves, and then in quotes, or aliens built the oh, pyramids. No. <laughs> fact. <laughs> it's like slash slave slash alien. Yeah. <laughs> Alien slaves. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god. So this one says fiction. And it says Herodotus okay. wrote that the pyramids and Giza were built by slaves, but the archaeological evidence doesn't support his claim. The laborers who performed the backbreaking work in hot summer temperatures were citizens and skilled craftsmen who spent part of each year working for the government with the aid of simple machines like ramps and levers 
and human ingenuity. At Giza, builders were buried next to the pharaoh's pyramid, a great honor, and archaeological evidence suggests that they were well-fed with diets consisting of beef, sheep, and goat meat. The technological progression of pyramid construction developed over centuries of trial and error by Egyptian architects and builders. It did not happen spontaneously with extraterrestrial influence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spontaneously. (laughs) Yeah. Over the millennia, many have questioned how incredible architectural achievements like the Great Pyramids were built, possibly built without modern machinery or alien intervention. And modern scientists have some answers. For example... Oh, do they now? (laughs) Right? For example, (laughs) physicists inspired by a 1900 BCE wall painting in the tomb of Jiji Hadi Hotep. That's what the internet said. At (laughs) the Dayel Bersha. Yeah, Dayel Bersha. Tested the idea of wetting sand to reduce friction and found that pulling heavy objects on a sledge became much more manageable. I can't speak today, apparently. (laughs) With anything. Even English words. Okay, so wait, what is he saying? That it's... Man, it's why is it? Yeah, they like built kind of like a a sledge, so like a sled. So they would put the object on a sled, and then they would wet the wet the sled or wet the ground, like the sand and everything underneath them, so it made it easier to pull. There's like a I do have it. It'll be on the website. There's a cave picture, the one he talks about from 1900 BCE. That's a wall painting, and they have it of them moving a huge statue on a sled. Yeah, it's on like, a sled with them made of wood the ground. Yeah, from all the uh, all those trees you see all over uh, the uh, desert, right? Yeah, <laughs> of Egypt, <laughs> all those trees. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> um, the next two also kind of go together, but the Egyptians mummified the dead so they could move on to the afterlife. Fact or fiction? Oh my god, I could rant so easily about any of this right now. I'm sorry. Okay, so they, yeah, f- fact. The mu- yeah. They mummified the dead to give them to their next life. In Which... the ancient Egyptian religion, the afterlife was believed to be the continuation of the earthly life. So it was important for people's remains to be preserved. Mummification is a process used to preserve the body of a human or animal to prevent decomposition. Around 3500 BCE, people began preserving relatives by burying them in the hot, dry desert sand. Over time, new procedures were developed involving ceremonies, prayers and incantations, and different incense. All Egyptians who could afford it were mummified. Millions were created over more than 3,000 years of the practice in Egypt. And it should be noted they mummified their earthly bodies, which you wouldn't think you would need your earthly body if your soul is going to soul land or or, you know where it can be born into another body or what have you it's almost like they're preserving their earthly bodies for someone that said they were coming back years in the future (laughs) oh they have my next thing explains why (laughs) explains why oh god yeah why they mummified their bodies um, so it says... Oh, fact- I'd like to hear this theory. Yes. Yeah. Fact or fiction, mummies can come back to life. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know some of these were so stupid and then the explanation was like, well, I want to talk about the explanation, so I'm going to keep the stupid question in. 
can get back to life yeah. well if we learned anything from the movies the mummy, the mummy yeah. only the one with brandon fraser because the other one with the scientologist is not worth speaking of <laughs> and i have seen them all and i agree <laughs> oh the rock yes. anyway um okay <laughs> yeah what what fiction. whatever yeah. fiction fiction <laughs> I can't even focus. I'm getting all riled up. Okay. So it says once a person has been embalmed, they can't come back to life in our world, except in books or movies. Uh, No. (laughs) Darn. Damn it. Uh, However, the ancient Egyptians did believe that their mummified relatives could be reanimated in the afterlife. The Ba, a a, a spiritual manifestation of the individual's personality, depicted as a human-headed bird was believed to, quote, go forth by day and later return to the body. It was part of the Egyptians... Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> part of the Egyptians' complex system of beliefs about the afterlife. An important part of the mummification process was the opening mouth, opening of mouth ceremony, which allowed the ba <laughs> to be released from the body so that oh. it might reunite with the deceased, deceased individual's ka, or life force. I like looked these up and it was actually pretty cool i guess so yeah the ba is like a person specifically like personality so like who they were as a person and then the person's ka is like what made their body like a living thing and didn't include a personality so it was just the things like that they ate they drank slept um could walk stuff like that that's what the ka is and then the ba is like what made that person an individual person. So that's why they were mummified, because the, I think it was the Ba would leave the tomb every night. Um, That's the person's personality. And then the Ka, the reason why they would, like, leave gifts and offerings of, like, food and stuff in some tombs was for the Ka, which was the life force. And then they would eat and stuff. And then if... At a certain point, like, you couldn't leave food or there wasn't enough food, you would, on the tomb walls, you would paint pictures or leave, like, wooden pit- things of food, like, fake food, and the Ka would be able fake to, food. like... my favorite childhood toy. <laughs> yeah. And then the Ka, like, they understood that it obviously wouldn't physically eat it, but that it would absorb, like, the essence of the food without having to eat it. So they weren't thinking that, ooh, I'm gonna show up tomorrow morning and the food's gonna be eaten. Um, they thought a person's call was going to absorb the nutrients it needed out of the food. Oh my god. Yeah. That's... Complex. Yeah, it's kind of cool <laughs> if you, like, look it up. There's When I was, like, looking these up, I found a little, like, YouTube channel, Voices of Ancient Egypt. Um, yeah, it was a little YouTube channel, and they have, like, some animated videos they did um that explain like the ba and ka it tells you how to learn like hieroglyphs and they teach you like one hieroglyph symbol a day kind of thing and like how to draw it and what it means and the history of it yeah it was kind of cute i love that i mean i think hieroglyph hieroglyphs hieroglyphics (laughs) they were like the probably the first i was thinking about this the other day probably the first cryptic thing i was probably interested in yeah (laughs) i'm just like yeah, they're good for children, like ancient Egypt. You can be like, here, this is kind of like history, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh, sorry, I was to say also, it's like, 
I was reading um, in that book, I mentioned that like, it's not only in Egypt that people were found mummified. They've also been found in like, there's like some really, really cold places, like in like an iced cave. Some people mm, were like, I cannot yeah. remember the exact countries right now. There was a few places, but like, yeah, people were found basically frozen with some of their things to be presumably taken with them to a, the afterlife, yeah. like materials, like fine materials, and, um, cloths and weird different things. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, probably in like <laughs> Iceland and stuff. Could have been, or maybe yeah. it was maybe in like the... Um, maybe Nepal I don't know I can't remember right now but oh it's so fascinating yeah I yeah. I feel like I heard about the is it the Iceman or whatever everybody always talked about yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. that they thought that got murdered and he was like super old or something and he was frozen yeah they found him in yeah. like a block ice yeah yeah that, I love that kind of shit you gotta love a good frozen body or yeah. body it's always mysterious right Oh, that's a great episode topic. <laughs> Found corpses. Found corpses. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's like every true crime story where the body's just dumped in a random spot. Found corpse. Thought it was a oh, mannequin. Ancient corpses. Ancient I don't know. Corpses. <laughs> Old as I'll, fuck. I'll, I'll circle back to it when I'm <laughs> done brainstorming it. Uh, the next one. Uh, Egyptians believed the brain was unimportant. Fact or fiction? They believed the brain was unimportant? Yeah. I want to say that is fiction, and hopefully it's not a trick. (laughs) It's fact. (sighs) Fine. Why, ancient (laughs) Egypt? (laughs) The Egyptians (sighs) were curious about what modern observers would call neuroscience. They were the first to explore and describe the cerebral cortex, but they believed the heart controlled thoughts and emotions, not the brain. They carefully removed and preserved the heart and other organs during the mummification process, but the brain was just scooped out through the nasal cavity and often discarded. Um, Everyone knows about the nose scooping. I feel like that's the first thing they teach you when you learn about ancient Egypt. (laughs) And then they took a hook. You're like, no! (laughs) And they just shimmied it around and made a soup. Uh, Yeah. Um... It's really cool, though, but canopic or canopic jars were what was used to hold the viscera. I hate that word. Or internal organs. <laughs> you, would, you would have hated being like a mortician or something, eh? You gotta like use all the bodily fluid words. Yeah. Bile. <laughs> viscera. It doesn't creep me <laughs> out. It's the words that gross me out. <laughs> viscera. You're like, the goo stuff? Yep, that stuff right there. Mm-hmm. The yellow goo, the brown goo. <laughs> okay, I literally, I'm sorry. Is it obvious that I listened to something about morticians the other day? Because <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> My friend, when we were in high school, she, uh, in like health class, when you, or whatever class you take the, like, um, whatever that quiz is that's supposed to tell you what you should do with your life. Um, oh god yeah it's like she took it and it told her she should be a mortician it was my favorite thing ever (laughs) (laughs) that is what ressa wanted to be like or yeah mortician funeral director yeah yeah Yeah. let us know ressa but anyway it's (laughs) harder to she definitely wanted to drive a hearse i remember that much oh that's all i care about too (laughs) as soon as i watched the first episode of 
six feet under and saw somebody finally <gasps> living the best life and driving a hearse to high school. And I was like, that should have been me. Oh, the Claire or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good show. It's sitting on our coffee table because I'm going to get Pat to watch it with me. He's never seen it. I, I'm sad they stopped doing their little infomercials at the beginning or in between episode breaks when they had those their own commercials. I do recall that. Yeah, they were the best. They, okay, they did something like that on WandaVision, too. They had little commercials, and it was like, yeah, yeah clues. Easter they'd be eggs, like, dead body stuff. makeup. And they'd be like, make your loved oh. one look as fresh <laughs> as they did the day before oh, yeah. they died. And you're like, oh, God, that was so bad. <laughs> Must be weird being a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> canopic or canopic jars, they were used to hold the viscera or internal organs into the afterlife. If you look up uh, canopic jars, some of them are very detailed and are made to look like they're different gods. So some of them have like heads of like monkeys. Mm. Some of them have heads of like birds and stuff. They're very cool. Right. Yeah, they, are, yeah, they look cool. Sorry. <laughs> The next one is fact or fiction. People ate mummies. Fact or fiction. People ate? Yeah. Num, 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 num. (laughs) Yeah, they consumed them. They ate them all up. I, fact. Yes, I believe so. So from the 12th century CE in Europe until the late 18th century, mummia, which was powdered human mummy, was widely considered a magic, or a magical, a medical ingredient and was commonly right. consumed. I had heard that for some weird reason. I had to. I'm full of useless knowledge. No. <laughs> I had to. It's just those weird things that stick with you where you're like, that's gross. Never going to forget it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people eat their placentas? Great. That's stuck in my head now. Because <laughs> they do that too. Anyway, sorry. No offense if anybody does it because if it gives you great skin like all the power to you that's awesome yeah uh the next one i feel like anybody could get i don't know why it was included in the list Uh but it says men and women wore makeup in ancient egypt fact or fiction if it's not fact then everything tv has taught us is a lie yeah right that (laughs) that great winged eyeliner come on Uh, ancient egyptian it's correct yeah ancient egyptians used a black paint called coal and green malachite or malachite 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 powder Mm. as eye makeup which may have helped protect their eyes from the sun okay that's why i left that in there because i didn't know about it protecting their eyes from the sun Oh, like, because the football players put those th- on their cheeks, the black lines. I think that reduces glare also, perhaps. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I don't know football. I feel like I heard that and then immediately <laughs> forgot it and just was like, why the fuck did they do that again? So weird. <laughs> File it under football fat. <laughs> yeah. Never to be seen again in the dusty corner of your mind. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, the last fact or fiction is... You may talk about it. I don't know. Ooh. But Napoleon's army shot off the Sphinx's nose. Actor fiction. Oh. I did not ever hear that. Oh, really? That is, okay. I believe, fiction from what yeah, I read. you're right. <laughs> Says, well, I read the true story, I guess. <laughs> right? Uh, well, Napoleon did invade and lead a campaign in Egypt in 18... Er, 
1798 to 1799, it was not a cannonball that broke off the notorious nose, which was over three feet long. That's weird. Three foot nose. <laughs> yeah. In fact, this had happened long before the French general's visit. 18th century sketches show the massive monument missing its nose before Napoleon was even born. So they just fully debunked that. It happened before he was born. According to the 15th century CE Egyptian historian, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'm sorry. He's a... Dude Guyington. Yeah, Dude Guyington (laughs) is a Sufi Muslim man. It's all more more names I can't pronounce. I'm sorry. And he defaced the Sphinx in 1378. That was super early. um, In an act of iconalism um so he just wanted to vandalize Wait, in what it. year in thir- sorry sorry 1378 ce oh whoa okay yeah i, th- yeah, I thought you might have said 18 i'm okay Woof, um, that's and old. he was executed for vandalism the forces of erosion likely played a role in its demise and even without the sphinx mm. or even without the sphinx even without its nose the sphinx is huge at 241 <sighs> feet long and 66 feet high it's fucking huge. Yeah. Yes, and we will get to it. <laughs> you did really good. You got one wrong out of I don't know how many. I don't feel like counting. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that one was yeah. It was it was uh, yeah. written interesting. Maybe it was written a little easier than the one I <laughs> I played because yeah, some of those were like here you go. <laughs> liked these i was like there was a couple things i didn't know before or most of it i didn't know before so i was like oh that's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. it's my payback (laughs) um so my next little (laughs) bit um before i get to an actual like thing about egypt i guess i mainly researched um (laughs) i mainly researched i just and then i guessed a few no (laughs) I found a little thing when I was looking up, like, mysteries and stuff about Egypt. I found a thing that says, or outlined ways crimes were investigated and solved in ancient Egypt. So, this kind of goes out to, like, the true crime aspect of it, but... um, Oh, shout out to our other episodes. We see you. (laughs) Yeah. So, this was from listverse.com. Ooh. Yeah. She's a list bitch today. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that on another <laughs> show. <laughs> um, anyway. so this question mark. I'm trying to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just like omitted the ones that or a couple of them. I think I may have retyped these. I don't know. I can't remember at this point. Okay. <laughs> but it says Egyptians were serious about solving crime and kept very detailed records about it. Because of this, we know some of their methods from over 3,000 years ago. Most of the police force were posted guards who watched cities, tombs, and markets in order to deter crime from happening in the first place. Um, my favorite thing and the reason I wanted to talk about this was that most guards had a trained animal with them and most of the time it was a dog. So that's similar to what we have now. But... Oh, cute. Yeah. But sometimes the guards had... 
Can you guess it? A trained monkey. <laughs> they had oh attacked monkeys. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say a cat, but they can't no. be trained. Yeah. But monkeys can be trained! <laughs> right? <laughs> so, oh. ancient Egyptian police officers and guards had attack monkeys, which is my favorite thing ever. My new favorite <laughs> thing about Egypt is attack monkeys. <laughs> um, the monkeys were oh leashes. They wore leashes and were trained to attack and tackle criminals by pulling them, like, by their ankles or legs to the ground. <laughs> and then they would, like, sit or hold the person in place until the guard got there, much like attack Throwing... dogs do today. <laughs> Throwing poop at them. <laughs> right? <laughs> but attack monkeys. There's actually a picture the article had, and I'll put it on the website, and it's actually a painting, like, in a tomb of an attack monkey. <laughs> <laughs> like oh pulling at somebody's God. leg it's great um our like animal references are getting better and better because first we had dirk the penguin yeah. which i just looked up today after me and my brother were He's talking so about it he was damn cute was i have to admit adorable of course they kidnapped <laughs> him for pictures <laughs> so he's a cute. fairy penguin i was like what does that mean but they're they're an adorable like all black well they looked Pretty much all. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. And then we had, my brother was like texting me because he was like, oh my God, toad plows sound adorable. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about toad plows already. Right? I just I don't this. understand how they stand, stay in the ground. If something's <laughs> It's such a jerky movement. I don't understand how the plow would stay in the ground. But I, I too need to. S- I need to see attack monkeys in real life, and I need to see toad plows in real life. <laughs> exactly. Bucket list items. Mm, I need yeah. it before I die. Attack monkey, toad plow. <laughs> Not your average animal uh, list. Right. Animal tourism. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, oh my god. So this goes on. It says Egyptian courts relied on witnesses to solve crimes, so they made actually made serious penalties for failing to even report a crime. Um so if you had information oh. about a crime and you didn't report it, it carried a huge sentence. So when Ramses the 3rd was assassinated, the police rounded up the people responsible for it as well as all their servants who may have even just overheard the conspiracy and any failure to report could be punished by having your ears cut off and the punishments often caused people to report anything that they might know oh god yeah also that reminds me of see something say something but then like that's also been proven to be sometimes overused in racist ways (laughs) oh yeah i'm just like yeah, report whoever they don't like or don't like the look of, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> when I was working at West Edmonton Mall and it was right after um, ISIS had, like, said that they were going to attack West Edmonton Mall. It oh, was, yeah! Yeah, it was the next day and, like, people were calling in being like, ooh, I can't believe you guys are open. Are you guys scared? And then some poor kid, because <laughs> oh, no. it was, I think it was, like, a school day or something, some poor kid had gone to West Edmonton Mall in the food court during his lunch break and left his backpack in the food court abandoned for like an hour before somebody <laughs> noticed. It was the day after ISIS declared that Westerman Mall should get attacked. So next thing you know, oh, the bomb no. squad is coordinating <laughs> off a quarter of the mall. Some, cause some kid, like kid, like left their backpack in a food court. So for three oh, and a half no. hours, like 
we were all locked in like our pretty much in like the stores and could barely leave nobody knew what was going on they had entrances to the certain entrances to the mall blocked off yeah oh my god <laughs> what a fiasco and i remember we just got like they just came around after and was like yeah it was just a kid's backpack we returned to them. <laughs> like, oh my god every precaution and now yeah. well they're yeah. safe and sorry but yeah i'm like nobody would have sweated like over anything if it had happened three days before that but because isis mm-hmm. had just declared <laughs> they should attack us yeah anyway of course <laughs> um so it says crime or egypt had crime scene investigators they had their own horatio just whipping off his sunglasses <laughs> Um, but their sunglasses was their eyeliner, so he's like rubbing off his eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it would protect your eyes. Um, <laughs> so they had crime scene investigators who looked into witness statements. They interviewed suspects and the witnesses. They investigated the scene and even held reenactments to go over theories. So they found very involved. Whoa! Yeah, enactments. I wasn't expecting watching those that like through (laughs) Egypt, but they also kept extremely detailed records of past accusations and used this to monitor a person's criminal history if they had repeat offenses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like very much like what we do right now. Um. But four thousand. Yeah, they got a canine ago. unit. They got the Monty investigators. Yeah. They got all the teams. <laughs> um, obviously, we have to talk about the bad. So, unfortunately, they also used horrible methods to get information. Sometimes, like beating the suspects, um, oh, including corruption. yeah, <laughs> gotta talk about the corruption. Uh, well, that they, hasn't changed. There's still some of that. <laughs> yeah. They also beat the suspect's family members and even, which I thought was stupid, even witnesses for information. So they're just beating up everybody, I guess. Confessions. A great look. <laughs> yeah. Confessions given after beatings were investigated and compared to the evidence to try and stop false confessions. You know, after you beat somebody. Uh, <laughs> the consequences... <laughs> for lying were often worse than committing the crime in the first place. So witnesses were often told what punishment they would receive if they were caught lying. And these were made up on the spot by the investigator based on how bad the crime was and whether the person was wealthy or poor. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) That Uh, should be taken into consideration. Yeah. No. Uh, Examples include a hundred blows their nose or ear being cut off or being stretched on the rack. So, that sounds... Oh, no. Yeah. Medieval torture methods. Yeah, that's for... Again, that's for the witnesses. (laughs) And they were, like, told... So they were told what the punishment was going to be if they lied before they gave their statement. And they actually had to, like, read... As part of their statement, they had to read out what verbally what their punishment was that they had agreed to was going to be should they be found lying. Yeah. But then weren't they also punished if they saw something and didn't say something? Right? Like, ah! Yeah. What yeah. can I do? Um, oh Egypt Lord. dealt with its share of corruption, bribery among police and investigators, and lowering of punishments for money. And once a suspect was proven innocent, their record was not necessarily cleared, and they remained labeled as a criminal simply because they were accused of a crime. Um, cause they believed that you had to be like a, 
kind of a skeevy person to even be accused of a crime in a fir- in the first place. That's why they didn't clean your record after. Yeah. That's similar to what we call trial by media today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all anyone remembers once you've been accused. Yeah, right? you were accused. Oh, wait, you were innocent? Oh, I didn't hear about that part. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So sometime in one... This was so crazy. But sometime in 1000 BC... So this is after they were doing that. They stopped their whole system of law. So they stopped all that. They stopped the interviewing. They stopped investigating. And they started just letting a statute decide. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> Okay, then. Right? That's so, a full 180. <laughs> right? They have a super advanced system. And they're like, nah, we're going to let some stone decide. Um, <laughs> Did a full 180. It should yeah. go like that. <laughs> Shouldn't it go the opposite? Shouldn't you go from letting a stone decide to having, like, investigators and stuff? Right? Like, yeah. Um, so Regressing. The, yeah, they're regressing hard. So priests of Amman took over most of the country at this time, and they simply asked this statue questions. Based on how it moved, forward for yes or backward for no, they would get answers. And so they'd ask it, like, yes or no questions, Um, But what the public didn't know is that there were men who were placed inside or beside the statue who would, like, push it forward or pull it back. So they controlled its movement. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's just an illusion of a fair try. Right? Okay. Or, no, they're not even trying to make it look like fair. No. I just can't believe, like you said, I can't believe they just regressed, like, so hard from having an advanced system of attack monkeys and an and Horatio's investigating <laughs> to freaking asking a pillar yes or no like yeah they just like said fuck it and gave up <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. wow so that's a little bit about Egypt I had fun looking that up just a bit <laughs> um, that was cool <laughs> but my my thing I actually looked up um so it's not necessarily a curse it's not I guess anything like sinister um, but it is kind of a mystery. Okay. And this is called the Zagreb... I think that's right. I, it's the name of the mummy, and I didn't even look up the pronunciation. Go me. Well, that um, mummy's gonna come f- at for ya. Yeah. <laughs> Coming for ya. <laughs> so, yeah, this mummy is actually pretty cool. So, it's housed in the Archaeological Museum at Zagreb and is in a collection of Egyptian artifacts along with a mummy with an interesting history. So the mummy was received wrapped in a cloth with like text on it, like words and symbols, and the text turned out to be a manuscript and the longest preserved text of Etruscan, of the Etruscan language, a language used by the ancient people living in Etur... Etruria, Italy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So this mummy in Egypt was wrapped in like this text, like linen text from Italy. So How did it get there? <laughs> yeah. As oh. well as the only remaining Etruscan text with literary characteristics, so like that you can still read, and only preserved sample of a linen book from the old ages. Yeah. So it's like the oldest thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) it's like the Shroud of Turin but they like found it in no it's not that's like they think that was from Jesus I shouldn't 
Moving on. Um, <laughs> the combination of the mummy and the wrapping is unusual because linen books, or because the linen book is from Etruria, Italy, while the mummification process was Egyptian. The linen was date or the linen linen has approximately. Oh my god! I should have put on eleven thousand one hundred and thirty words or characters on it, and it's cut into five strips of fabric. Each strip is about like. 35 centimeters tall and then the total length of all five strips together is 340 centimeters and it's dated at approximately 250 bc so it's super 250 old. bc and they found when they found it it was it's still in egypt right? it it actually has an interesting history it was donated to the museum yeah oh. we'll get to it so this starts in the um, yeah, this is the mummy's history to getting to the museum. So in 1848, Mihailo Beric, a Croatian official in the Hungarian royal chancellery, 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 I don't know, he resigned <laughs> his position and began traveling. He went to Egypt where he purchased a sarcophagus, as one does, uh, containing a female mummy as a souvenir. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous, eh? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, when That's he... what I get for souvenirs, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, a sarcophagus <laughs> with a mummy. Um, and it's on a keychain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he returned to Vienna, he unwrapped the mummy and displayed her upright in his sitting room. <laughs> oh, great. What? Isn't that creepy? He just opened it right the fuck up? Yeah, and then unwrapped <laughs> it. He unwrapped it too. Um, he stored the. So he you displayed... dummy, you gotta keep it in the box if you want it to be worth anything. <laughs> um, yeah, so he unwrapped the mummy, displayed her in his sitting room, and then stored the, like, wrapping, so the linen, in a glass display case, like near the mummy, I guess. What? And, yeah. He's crazy. So, so she's just a naked mummy? Well, it's like oh, mummified. You can't see anything. It looks like a raisin <laughs> no, no. with facial features. I, I'm not asking for, like, porn reasons. <laughs> but it's yeah, like, it's dude, naked. what is wrong with you? You just, like, what? You're just, like, touching everything. You're not, that's so disrespectful and wrong on so many, like, levels. So, <sighs> uh,. Beric, he died in 1859. Again, this was fucking old. And his Good. brother, no. who <laughs> was a his brother, who was a priest, he received the mummy and the wrappings in with like, I guess his stuff when his brother died. And he donated them at that time to the State Institute of Croatia, Slovenia, and Dalmatia. <laughs> Are you asking me like, to, like the Dal Dalmatian coast? Yeah, that's in Croatia. It just says Dalmatia. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> so this, the State Institute of that, is now known as the Archaeological Museum of Zagreb. And at the time... Oh, that's yeah. why Zagre Zagreb sounded familiar. Because it's in Croy... I'm a dummy. Oh. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my, it's my segment and I barely got there. I... <laughs> I know. I've heard of this place. I spent too much and, like, time trying school. to like <laughs> Google attack monkeys and hieroglyphs of cats. 
Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but it's it is pretty beautiful, like um, coastline, oh, okay. and I hear there's some nice all inclusives you can do in Croatia. Oh, okay. Also, they filmed. Didn't they film some of Game of Thrones? I don't know. I'm on a oh, tangent. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they went everywhere. <laughs> um, oh, cool. So at the throughout the entire like life of the fa- time that like uh Barrick and his brother before he donated to the museum they were unaware actually that like the wrappings had any text on them it's like really faint oh. you can barely see it so the mummy arrived at the museum in um sometime in July of 1862 so still super early and it was in a shipment from Vienna along with a damaged book of the dead from the mummy and her husband so it came with a book of the dead, so we know who they are, who it is. Sorry, it sounds like it comes with a nice accessory. It's a book of the dead. <laughs> yeah, a free book of the dead. Like uh, when you get a Barbie and she like came with a few different <laughs> outfits. Right. She comes oh, with man. a convertible. Uh, <laughs> um, My, yeah. So it came with Sorry. the book of the dead for the mummy along with her husband. Um, it came with some balm. And remains from a funeral wreath of leaves and flowers, uh, along with fragments of wood and stucco from the sarcophagus. Sorry, um, what was before the wreath? Balm. Like balm oh, used like, in the mummification like, process. Yeah. Like, a, well, as in, like, lip balm or whatever. I was like, is... Yeah. Because I didn't balm. know what spelling it... Anyway, I'm yeah, dumb it's such today. A weird... <laughs> um... Yeah. I'm like, a bomb? <laughs> it's going to explode. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds I'm like that, but totally different. I am, um, like, sometimes just so stupid when it comes to, like, context. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay. So it also came with fragments of wood and stucco from the sarcophagus and blue-green beads that were on the mummy and the head of... Ooh. And it also came with an added bonus of the head of a mummified cat. Um, I could not oh. find any pictures of that. But, oh. <laughs> um, and she tried. Okay. No. Well, like in the pictures, I thought like they'd have pictures of the whole collection of everything it came with, but there's none. Um, no. Oh. So for the first 10 years, the museum assumed that the text on the linen was just Egyptian hieroglyphs. For 10 years, the museum assumed this. Until it's a kind of logical. Yeah. (laughs) Until the Egyptologist who was at the museum spoke to an explorer who believed it was an Arabic translation of the Book of the Dead. Oh. Yeah. So he thought it was like um in the Book of the Dead that came with it, he thought it was maybe just an Arabic translation of it, I guess. That was my assumption. Maybe it looked like Arabic, yeah. Yeah. Over the next 30 years, researchers worked around the world, so they had, like, contacted a bunch of people, they actually, like, sent the linen, like, around the world for a while. Um, so researchers for 30 years around the world were trying to discover what language was written on the linen. And in 1891, an expert concluded that it was the Etruscan language and put the wrappings in, were able to put the wrappings in their proper order but wasn't able to make a full translation of what it said. So a previously unknown piece of the text, um, linen, was also found mixed in with the remaining bandages and balm that came with the mummy. At least it all stayed together. Holy shit. (laughs) So since the 20th century, the linen book, they call it a book. It's not a book. It's like loose 
pieces of linen, like cloth. <laughs> but they call it oh, a book. Okay. It's not a book. Um, the mummy, so since the 20th century, the linen book and mummy have on, undergone in, infrared photographs. And the linen has been able to be put through some, like, reconstruction and partially restored to, like, make it easier to read. Uh, during this time, it's also been partially translated and is believed to be a ritual calendar as it outlines many gods and dates. However, the Etruscan language is not fully understood or translatable, therefore the linen book cannot be fully translated. So they can only really pick out, like, certain words. Um, okay, because it's yeah. so, like, faded and stuff that they no, they have trouble. The Etruscan language, they can't translate it. Like, nobody knows how to translate it properly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, um, wow. Yeah, so, like, they can read all of it now pretty well, but there's nobody alive that can actually translate the whole thing. They're, they only actually know, like, certain words on it. Weird. Um, but they know it's, like, a language of this earth. <laughs> yeah, so the Book of the Dead has also been partially restored, and researchers have identified the female mummy wrapped in the book as... I'm going to butcher it all, but Nessie Hensu, along with her husband, Peher Hensu, and they were from Thebes, Greece. Thebes? Thebes? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's it's an old <laughs> place. Uh, Peher, her husband, was a divine tailor, actually, who made clothes for the statues of the Egyptian god Ammon. So he Ooh. made clothes for statues. He was a divine tailor. And Taylor to the stars. <laughs> yeah. The Etruscans had the first great civilization in the Italian peninsula, and many of their customs were later adopted by the Romans. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It remains unknown to this day why the wrappings were used for the mummy, and that perhaps it had just been, like, what was handy and available when the embalmers were using it. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> really crazy, because the... The mummy is from Greece, the linen is from Italy, and then the language is Etruscan, and the, uh, like, mummifications from Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like when you get married, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just don't know how this all, like, three countries, like, came together for this to happen. They just don't really understand why. Oh my why. god. And it might have yeah. just been something, like, laying around. Yeah, it could have just been what was there. Like, some some things said that maybe they had, like, left Italy and they were living as, like, immigrants or whatever in Egypt and they had adopted, like, the custom of mummification because they could afford it. Um, right. And that this is what was chosen for that reason, but really they don't know. Yeah. Crazy. But, so that's my mystery of Egypt. The only oh one I look besides Punt, which like fell through. <laughs> but... Uh Punt, you're just a big no. Um, <laughs> but yeah. That's so This was kind of cool. I saw it only on like one list other than when like you like specifically look it up. But yeah. I've never cool. heard of it. Yeah, so I'm like, cool. it wasn't really on the list of, like, the common ones. So I was like, oh, this would be fun to talk about. <laughs> it also reminds me, so just that last part where it's like, it might have just been something laying around. And it's like, I remember my friend Jill one time just, like, writing this big long message on a, like, big ass roll of, like, 
I think it was one of those industrial rolls of like toilet paper, <laughs> possibly lifted from a public bathroom, and she's just like yeah. writing this long thing on this like toilet paper mat, and she just like leaves it there, and then like thousands yeah. of years later, someone's like, "Well, <laughs> let's use this nonsense to mummify this person." Right? Oh my yeah, God. it's pretty cool. <laughs> That was a really good job. Yeah, I had fun. I was like, oh, I when I saw this one, I was like, oh, that's cool. And it, they don't have pictures of it wrapped up, but they have pictures of like the linen like cloth laid out in order, and you can like still kind of see like the characters on it. You can tell it was there. Um, wow, cool! I have to look it up. When I like imagine the mummy like wrapped in that, I'm just like, how would you not like? That would have looked so weird, you know, if you could have actually yeah. like, seen the characters. And then it's funny that you mentioned the the Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks. Oh my God, I disrespected Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. Um, Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> Two that, very different Toms now. <laughs> yeah, extremely different. Um, when you said his like mummy movie where the mummy that comes back to life has all the writing on her as soon as you said that i was like oh my god because <laughs> all i could think of was this mummy wearing the linen cloths and it probably would have looked something similar oh <laughs> sorry yeah. she's got like try- all the writing on her or something if i remember correctly I don't. I'm really bad at rem- I'm remembering, like, what happens in movies. I have seen a lot of them. Pat owns a million movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, something happened. I know I saw it. I was trying to look up the, uh, the picture. Uh, the female. Oh, I see the mummy. There she is, all bare and naked. Yeah. Poor girl. With She's like cold. a nice, nice, like, <laughs> teeth bearing. She's got no lips left. Oh. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like okay, you can I see the, the little now. characters it on looks... the cloth when it like has like a bit closer of pictures. You can tell that it's like distinct characters. And, but like, the like symbols. the linen is like red. It has like red stains on it. It looks weirdly like blood stained. Kind of. I think that's probably just from the bombing process. Yeah. Yeah. Just Ooh. being in contact with her embalmed body. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool. I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Well, we should take a quick break before we yes. settle into my case. My secrets of the Sphinx. I cannot talk. What if I can't say Sphinx the entire time? <laughs> the secret of the Spanx. Okay. <laughs> that statue. <laughs> Yeah, that one that ain't got no nose no more, cause of Napoleon. <laughs> Wait, didn't didn't they put it back on? Oh, I don't think so. I've seen so many pictures of it the last couple of days. How can I not know? And I'm pretty sure it's pa- not on there. Oh, cause they did some restoration. No, you're right. It doesn't look like. I <laughs> don't look like a nose. Anyway, okay, we'll be right back. Well, I how many papers? I have a bit. I got some things. I got some things. I I figured you would. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can counter my factor, (laughs) my factor fiction, random things that website ad. (laughs) Oh, it's. 
It's hard to talk about ancient Egypt without talking about, yeah, theories. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the alien theory <laughs> myself. Just because, yeah. But I don't know. I think I get to it a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Oh, man, yeah, still learning things, you know, because I was still finishing up the book. And, yeah, like I said, you just it comes up all the time, everywhere, everything. Yeah. There's so many videos on, like, Smithstonian. Smithstonian. <laughs> I'm a Smithstoner. <laughs> Smithstonian. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. This, this Sphinx. Oh, my God. The Sphinx. Yeah. The Sphinx. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Okay. I didn't realize it. I hated saying this word until now. <laughs> it's a weird word. Ah! I know. It's like sphere. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have like, it's a bunch of S noises way too close together. <laughs> All right. What? My whistle. Yeah. Secrets of the Sphinx, I called it. Because everybody else pretty much called all episodes about that. <laughs> that. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway. But like, yeah, like you said, it is huge. It is huge. She yeah. big. I definitely want to see it in person. You... I think it would be crazy. Oh, yes. Someday, right? Yeah. Seven Wonders of the World for a reason. Donate yeah. to Patreon. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm gonna do a that lot. to everything just like outrageous. <laughs> Donate to Patreon. <laughs> oh god. Drink every time she says no. Okay. So you had some really accurate or, or precise measurements when you talked about its um, height and stuff, but I, I just so. have. <laughs> I think you're like 66 feet, and I'm mine is like. It is the length of a jumbo jet and as tall as a six story building. Because <laughs> that sounds more impressive to me. Yeah. That, that's, uh, yeah, like I don't visually know what 66 feet is. But... Yeah. But like, yeah, you can kind of picture a building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's obviously very cool. I mean, the pyramids are cool. I could yeah. talk about an entire podcast about the pyramids, you know, the region, whatever, the whole Giza plateau. Yeah. Uh, but it does. The Sphinx does appear older than the pyramids. Oh, okay. Ah, sorry. I hit the desk. She's like... <laughs> I to... She's so impressed. She just threw back in her chair. Yeah. Pretty much. It's older? What? I tried to flip the table, but I couldn't because it was <laughs> a desk against the wall. Oh, my God. No, I tried to bring my hand up that was under the desk to my face to fix my glasses. <laughs> I hit the, hit the underside of the oh. table. Oh my god, in my like cubicle at work work, you know, uh, work. <laughs> my real job, but this is a real job too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you get those like shelves you can add to yes. kind of over your desk. Exactly. And then you could put little things on it and clear up your desk space. And so I put one there, but then I always put my like lunch kit underneath it sometimes. And I'll be like going to get my book out of the front pocket because it's a cute little lunch bag. It's got a little pocket. Yeah. Whatever. And, and I'm always like, bang! And everyone, I'm like, shit, sorry! Melly's like, what are you... From across the way, they can't actually see me. They're like, what are you doing over there? Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Anyway, I, I never learn. 
Okay. So the Sphinx. That big statue. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's it. No. Uh, it is... Oh, it is the biggest. Here's a... What do they call it? Superlative? Whatever. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure if you don't know, I won't know. <laughs> Whatever. It's a word about other words. Why am I trying to sound smart? Um, <laughs> it is the biggest stone... Single stone structure... Oh my god, there's so many S's in everything. <laughs> it's my turn to sit here and laugh. <laughs> I had so much trouble in my segment speaking today. <laughs> Wait until we get to the Egyptian names. Right? I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest single stone statue in existence, Kelsey. Okay, well, that was a lot of asses. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I am impressed. Okay. I didn't know it was a single stone. What's wrong with me? How, how on earth do you get a stone yeah. that's six stories high? It's carved right out of that uh, limestone, whatever, hill. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was like, do you just carve the entire country, like, down except for the Sphinx? Maybe that's how they built the pyramids. Start with a big hole. Yeah. Maybe that's how they built the pyramids and the Sphinx. They didn't build them up. They carved everything else down. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, literally, it was so much carving. It was so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I will never understand how they did this. I I will never understand how anything in Egypt was built. I can't do it. No, and how we can accept that it was built that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's too old and it's still standing and all of it looks amazing. And I'm like, ah! Exactly. And next point, who, we can't even decide who it is supposed to depict. Like who the face is supposed to be okay i was gonna ask if you could answer that because i'm (laughs) i thought it was always like a cat or a lion or something yeah like because it's definitely got the lion body exactly yeah um they the one theory is that it could be king caffre whose statue was found nearby i don't know buried as well probably like obviously from one position you stand in front of the Sphinx. The Sphinx. <laughs> it's behind. I'm just going to call it the Sphinx, like you suggested. No. Well, this okay. title this entire episode The Mysteries of the Sphinx <laughs> and Other Egyptian Wonders. <laughs> um, so the head. Let's talk about the head. The head yeah. is too small, people figure. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> it looks. Too small, like, for how long the body is and stuff. I feel like... Hold on. Let me Google a picture of the Sphinx. <laughs> I feel like I, I should be looking at a picture of the Sphinx for your entire segment. It could help. Um, yeah. And also, because, yeah, also while you're looking at it, uh, they say that the paws look out of proportion as well. Uh, okay. I've always gotten the paws. Yeah. It yeah. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that one angle where you take a picture of yourself where you're like, my looks huge yeah right (laughs) um this is a quote i have here because i liked it just the way they had it written in the article 
If any one monument has garnered more attention in the last several decades than Egypt's Great Pyramid of Khufu, it is the Great Sphinx at Giza, probably built by his successor, Khafre, or possibly by Khufu himself. Interest in what lies beneath, within, and around the Sphinx has captured the imagination of the public, researchers, writers, theorists, mystics, and crazies alike. <laughs> uh, but this frenzy can be probably pinpointed to the predictions by Edgar Casey, who is a kind of a neat, interesting guy. He is known as the sleeping prophet because he was a clairvoyant who would go into these trances and answer questions about reincarnation, healing, dreams, the afterlife, nutrition, Atlantis, and future events. Okay. So yeah, he was, he was a, a prophet bunch of stuff. guy. Yeah, from like uh, 1800s, like in the last few hundred years sometime. He's not that old. Um, but anyway, he had theories. So what were we saying? Edgar Cayce believed the it was built, the Sphinx was built at about 10,490. Oh my God, I don't have, I think it's BC. Like oh, you okay. said, or BCE or whatever. Probably BCE. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like 10,000. Wow. Like a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, I, just, I love I math. just, no. in clicking <laughs> through a bunch of pictures of the Sphinx, managed to find a picture with a person standing next to it for scale. And I feel like that's why I didn't think it was as big as it was, because I had never seen a picture with a human for scale. Mm. And they never show, yeah, they never show the angle of like where the city is in regards like they always take pictures where the backdrop is just the desert you don't yeah. realize it's like super close to like saw... Cairo or whatever yeah when I was looking it up one of the <clears throat> things I found when I was like looking up a few of the lists of like myths and stuff about like Egypt um before I found that like fact or fiction one I liked and it yeah. was talking about how it seemed like it was the middle of the desert and then it showed the picture and you're like wow that's like two blocks away <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they can like walk there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like it's just literally at the edge of their city. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, I definitely would have thought it was like, I don't know, the Grand Canyon in Las Vegas. It's a day trip. Like right, not much around it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, I'm not trying to be all over the place here, but there was predictions made and by Edgar Casey, and he also was saying he thought it was built at this particular time and he was a prophet so people found that interesting or he was clairvoyant whatever they called him a sleeping prophet okay. and he was also a Christian and a Sunday school teacher so yeah he's kind of interesting <laughs> okay um but yes we're talking about him because in the he said that in the first half of the 20th century that the great sphinx guarded the hall of records or at least the entrance to it which contained records of the lost civilization atlantis brought to egypt by its survivors in more recent years much debate led the sphinx back into the mainstream media as its age came into question from various sources okay always oh, being debated about <laughs> yeah. the statue people can't agree on much about it yeah i was just gonna say oh. anything <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah there's some like commonly held beliefs and stuff but still 
it's all conjecture, right? Or what, is that the right word? When you're just like, okay, I see this. So there's a lot of uh, pictures of this guy. So could it have been him that ordered it? Or, you know, yeah. maybe his son or like, yeah, it's all speculative. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, there's a lot of Egyptologists in my segment, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> Emile Barres was a French Egyptologist. Um, they talk about him a little bit. Some of the earliest modern excavations of the Great Sphinx at Giza were conducted by Barres on behalf of the Egyptian Antiquities Service between 1925 and 1936. Oh, wow. Uh, he was... Yeah. It's... It's really been... early, it seems. Yeah. It has been rediscovered shall we say after time <laughs> after lost after it was lost to time um he was one he was responsible for excavating the sphinx enclosure and he also made repairs to the monument during that period um because when it was refound if you will it was buried up to its head in the sand okay just like everyone does at the beach yeah. <laughs> go bury your brother in the sand <laughs> yeah um so it was he who finally removed the sand from about the sphinx in modern times afterwards building a retaining wall to help keep the monument clear of the surrounding desert sand after rescuing the monument from the surrounding sand he found it to be in a dilapidated state riddled with large cracks and with much of its pharaonic period repair blocks fallen away this is a long quote i'm sorry um but yeah it had been repaired obviously in the past because they said for in its period when it was first built when the pharaohs were around there was repair blocks it's just old as fuck and so it's so hard to learn anything there's so many layers upon layers of information almost (laughs) i was gonna say that's why i guess i never knew it was like one piece because it doesn't look like one piece but that would be the repair blocks right yeah repair blocks i think there's like other maybe little things surrounding it and yeah now this retaining wall and yeah there obviously was a lot more when it was first built and everything looked a lot different than like the the pyramids wouldn't have been just sand looking they would have been white with those cool like silver tops i think i saw in some recreation pictures oh wow yeah, if they like, painted it, it anything to look like what they painted, like tomb walls, can you imagine what the Sphinx looked like? Yes, it was. It was probably like, painted exactly. Yeah. It, it was, was like hundred percent probably painted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it would have been like. Can you imagine like it being all gold and then the sun just hitting it? You could see it from like miles and miles. I, th- oh. I think it's a lot of red. I think we'll get to it. Oh, sorry. We're on page one. <laughs> I'm scared now. No. <laughs> it's so fascinating, though. A little bit more from that little quote about um, the history of it. In the course of this work, he, being Berets, Emile Berets, he also discovered two entrances, one located on the rump, just north of center. <laughs> the butthole. Of the Sphinx. I didn't think we'd be talking about the butt of the Sphinx today. The butt, I mean, the, the rear entrance of the Sphinx. The sphincter of the Sphinx. If it was Austin Powers, it would be directly where his butthole would be, yeah. yeah. The and it would open like a, sphinx. like a sphincter. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, no, the sphincter of the Sphinx. 
best quote of this episode. <laughs> Merch idea? Okay. No. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Back to the show. He recorded these finds. Wait, where am I here? Discover two entrances. Oh my god, right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> One located on the rump, just north of center. And the other on the left or northern side of the monument, about halfway between the front and rear paws. Uh, that, from ground level, led to dead-end subterranean passageways. Or so they said. Oh, he recorded weird. these finds, uh, taking about tw- 226 photos, and then sealed the entrances over with repair blocks and cement. Thanks. No. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, these discoveries were mostly forgotten. So that sucks. People yeah. aren't the greatest when Screw it comes him. to keeping it, yeah, as it was found. <laughs> yeah. So, but not by all. It was not forgotten. In the 1970s, the Egyptian Antiquities Organization started doing restoration work and surveys around the Sphinx, reigniting some more interest. Of course, there are many different theories around the unknowns ar- about the entire Giza plateau. People generally agree who they think built the Great Pyramid, which is why they also call it the Pyramid of Khufu, because they believe they believe he ordered it built. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know the big one was also called that, but now I know. Khufu. <laughs> so we don't know that for sure, though. We make assumptions based on the writing we can find, but if it took over 600 years to build... Which I took from Eric von Doniken, who did some calculations in his book. It was very handy. It was like, they move 10 blocks a day. It would take this many years, this ma- which is this many days, which is this many years. It was like 664 years or something. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that yeah. wouldn't... Yeah, it's not completed in one, like, pharaoh's lifetime. No. hmm No. And I'm shocked that, like, that many... If it took that long, that many, like, in succession would continue working on it, you know? Not very often that the next leader is going to keep working on something the other leader wanted to do, you know? Right. But that, what do they call it, bipartisanship? Like, yeah. oh, let's all work on this, even though it's not my platform or yours. <laughs> and I will never cut. see it finished. It shall not be finished for another 200 years. Okay. Right. Like, that's crazy. That's a commitment. Why would you build something like that? Was it to unite your people? You know, to look really good after? (laughs) It can't just be, like, a tomb for, like, you know, one or two pharaohs. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like. (laughs) Because where would they be entombed while they waited their 600 years for it to be finished? Right? This is a very terrible funeral parlor idea. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. The worst. (sighs) And like, also, why was it just built so far from uh, where any materials are? Like wood, if you needed to build these sledges or whatever. Um, There would have been uh, water, I believe, from what I had seen. There was a lot, like, there was more of a waterway there. But still, it was just far from materials and like food. 
sources to like feed all these people doing this and blah 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 kind of like how the fuck did they make the easter island statues on a tiny little island where it can only hold so many people and like you have to do all this work and what it doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah anyway so we have to talk about that because the it's the context of how crazy these structures are and how they've stood through time and what the hell are they trying to tell us right so we can't build buildings that don't like freaking fail health codes like 10 years later i know it's like something i heard where they're like it's just like if someone finds the statue of liberty like yeah. five thousand years from now when we decimated everything else it was probably from that book too they're gonna be like oh they worship the sun there's a sun god she's holding a torch you know yeah probably maybe <laughs> i i could i could live with that the sun's pretty great. It's needed for <laughs> virtually everything. So, um, But they did put a time capsule. That it's buried under New York, so maybe they'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. I yeah, like time capsules. Cool. Mm-hmm. You should put them everywhere. Just stupid <laughs> shit. Just a note being like, haha, sucker, there's nothing in here. <laughs> Message in a bottle. Return then, to sender. <laughs> yeah. yeah page could not be found her page could not be displayed (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay so (laughs) anyway (laughs) secret hall of records some say yes (laughs) that's what i'd hope i mean i think it's a cool idea for sure and the world why not it's not just a library dude so cool oh my god so um, other things that are random facts, but that uh, relate to this. <laughs> so maybe not that random. Plato said that the time Atlantis existed was at the same time as Egypt was in their golden age. So it's plausible, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. That there might be information in there. Um, might the Sphinx be like a remnant of, yeah, the golden era, I guess. Casey, or Edgar Casey, that um, sleeping prophet guy, believed that under the right paw of the Sphinx was a secret hall of records from Atlantis. They knew they had to hide the prehistory even as their city was sinking. So they preserved it. That's what he says. Okay. I'd say there has to be something pretty fucking cool. You know, they wouldn't just some put some if they have two entrances there wouldn't just put some random shit in there it's got to be something entrances yeah well there was tunnels but they just stopped somewhere it's like okay why (laughs) why would they bother yeah they went through Um, 600 years building it and they didn't finish these tunnels (laughs) question mark it's the oldest winchester mystery house (laughs) (laughs) there's not a point to it (laughs) yeah all right and then David Wilcock, he is one of the guys that appears in Ancient Aliens, so I know him. But I wasn't, I didn't, like, watch an episode of Ancient Aliens as my research. I watched the Smithsonian <laughs> documentary video. Okay. <laughs> and I listened to a podcast where a guy talked to an, an actual Egyptologist, and he has written, like, a book and stuff. And I oh. was like... Okay, I was like, these are good sources. So. You didn't just watch Ancient Aliens. <laughs> I love Contrary it. to what my sister might think, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but he said, 
if we, I liked his quote, if we locate the original Hall of Records, we would essentially be accessing the equivalent of a Google search engine, but it's the Atlantean internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another one of those duders guys. Uh, <laughs> those what? <laughs> duders guys? Yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> another, no. <laughs> Another one of those uh, ancient alien history show appearing guys, David Childress. I forget what they actually study in their real titles are in real life, okay? I don't know. <laughs> He's not an, like, Egyptologist, specifically. Yeah. There's so many names. I'm sorry. I should just cut all this out. All I was going to say was said it may have technology and machines as well. So that could be cool, though. Could just have history, but could also have technology and machines, or possibly drawings and blueprints of technology and machines. Yeah. Oh, right. there's probably some crazy shit painted in there. It's gotta be. They painted it's like the how-to of, manual like... of how they built it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they painted like inside everything else. It seems. I'm like, right. imagine if they crack that thing open. They should. They just can just they do it. not just go on in there. Can they not <laughs> just go in through the nose <laughs> like they did with scoop out the brain? <laughs> um, like can yeah, they not sort access of, but... the tunnels and then just keep going and then just reinforce it as they go? Can they not? I mean, it it seems like yes and no, because there's only certain people who are allowed to explore and only in certain ways to avoid risking destroying it and things like that. They've done some testing and stuff. We'll get a little bit to it. Okay. Yeah. They've done some, like, scanning. Some, like, you know. Um, but yeah. So, could be that the Sphinx has to do with King or Caffre. He does have a temple next to the Sphinx that connects to his pyramid, so to speak, with an underground um, causeway. But instead of it going directly from the Sphinx to the pyramid, it skirts around the Sphinx, suggesting that the lion was already there when it was built. Oh, okay. So it's not a direct connection to Caffrey, literally, yeah. at all. <laughs> um, also, they say if it's supposed to be him... Why does he not have a beard? Because in all the other statues of Caffrey, he has a beard. The Sphinx does not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of looks awkward. The Sphinx. (laughs) Exactly. It's all, you know, it was, it was all proportionate at one time, maybe, but now it's all a bit janky. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think those paws were ever proportionate. (laughs) Whatever that's supposed to be about. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely got to be a lion body. Yeah. So, and remember we said that, like, Caffrey was, the pyramid of Caffrey or the Great Pyramid was behind the Sphinx? hmm That's only if approached from the Cairo side. But anyone approaching the Sphinx probably would have come from the south, as there was a waterway leading from Memphis, from the se- which was in the south. Memphis was an old capital? Weird, oh, okay. didn't know that it wasn't just Memphis, Tennessee. Or I was just thinking in my head, and you're like, from Memphis. I was like, wait, what? I know. <laughs> she can't be right there. <laughs> but yeah, if they were going to use the waterway to bring up stones for building, they probably would have come from the south. 
and the whole plateau was different back then. There was actually a harbor in front of the Sphinx. Wow. And if you approach from the south, then the Sphinx was seen more in profile, not head on. And this would have probably made more sense of how they wanted you to view it because the hieroglyphics were all in profile, some theorize. Yeah. So just like a few different reasons why you probably wouldn't approach it from the Cairo side. It definitely um, looks better from the side. <laughs> they yeah. got profile shots down. <laughs> now what's I'm sorry I it was so hard writing notes there was so much information everywhere I was like did I not write what's behind it I'm not sure what's behind it when it's in profile but maybe I'll get to it <laughs> um so Corfu has a tiny statue we can compare it to it looks similar with a very square jaw so it could be Corfu that the sphinx is supposed to look like Oh, okay. So many K names, too. Caffrey, Corfu. <laughs> yeah. So confusing. I'm so sorry. I'm just and... sitting here looking at pictures of the Sphinx when it was buried by sand, and it's crazy. Yeah, right? It's like, I just found one where there's, I don't know, probably a hundred people all around it, and they're, like, on its shoulders and everything. I'm like, oh my god, that's <gasps> so cool. No kidding. I think yeah. I sent you some weird ones like that like for the website yeah because we should definitely show that um so a thousand years it lay getting buried at, in the sand after king thutmose the fourth first uncovered it thutmose <laughs> what a name most <laughs> uh yeah taser face no that's not the same but it's also funny <laughs> it starts with t uh, then the Greeks came to fuck shit up. <laughs> they actually gave it the name the Sphinx. Did you know? I did not. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, they were the first ones to start calling it that. The Egyptians never called it that in any of their writing or anything. So they made up their own version of a, the creature known as the Sphinx. And the Greeks depicted that creature as evil and it had wings and it was like an evil female mythological creature. No. So it wasn't a, Why like you do them like that? <laughs> Greeks, what's up? What are you doing? <laughs> this confused things. People could confuse that the original lion creature, Sphinx thing, was evil. And it was thought, all of a sudden thought to be a Western symbol of paganism. It's It's got a storied past. It's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's been slandered all throughout the years. <laughs> Poor Sphinxy. Um, lies. Slanderous lies. <laughs> oh, here's what I have about the nose. Not as much as you did. <laughs> Surprisingly. Oh, it's not Napoleon. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I had never heard oh. of that. I thought it was weird. I had never even really wondered about the nose before. I guess I always assumed it just, like, fell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't All know right. why. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> um... So treasure hunters came thinking to find out if it had magical powers and they destroyed parts of it and then an Arab sheik came and hacked off the nose. That's all I had. <laughs> oh, wow. Which I think sort of lined up. I don't know. Mine was a dude that he was just trying to get rid of like iconic images in Egypt and he vandalized it and then was executed for it. 
So he just did it because he's like, fuck you. I don't like iconic landmarks, I guess. Assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Leave it alone. He even got called, or the Sphinx even got called, the father of terror. Wait. I'm sorry. My notes. (laughs) The father of terror. Yeah. I don't know, because it's not supposed to be a man. I don't know. Whatever. And they it's what it was used for shooting practice. <laughs> oh, no. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, of course you could hit that. It's gigantic. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, there have been remains found of a giant beard nearby. Oh, okay. A stone beard. <laughs> it wasn't clear. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, was it always there? Or would it, could it have been added later on? Um, some say, well, wouldn't it have damaged the chin if it had always been attached in one stone and then fallen off? So maybe it was added later. Oh, okay. And, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, the beard design pattern apparently matches a period 100 years later than the Sphinx. Oh, okay, so somebody just wanted to add a beard to it. <laughs> I'm like, don't really ask me how they know that, but they do. <laughs> yeah, a beard style. That makes well, no sense. Yeah, it's like mullets. Those were out then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the Sphinx had a mullet. <laughs> oh, God. That would be awful. <laughs> no, but the nemes, or the headdress... It matches at least one statue of Corfu. It has two narrow and one thick pleat or stripe. So that's how they know it matches um, Corfu. Okay, so the guy, there's an Egyptologist from the documentary I watched. His name is Vasil Dobrev. And he has a theory about the Sphinx. He believes it was built by Corfu's son, Jedefri. Not a, not a K name. It's Woo. a name that starts with DJ instead. <laughs> I had one of those too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Django. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so not much is actually known about Jedefre, except for a book where an American archaeologist uh, named George Reisner made up a story about him. <laughs> Lovely. Seems to have no baby basis in fact <laughs> yeah uh he said not me uh <laughs> while khufu and Khafre constructed towering pyramids at giza jedefre built a smaller pyramid several kilometers away at abu roash this led the american archaeologist george reisner who excavated the giza plateau in the 1930s and wrote the definitive book about the site to portray Jedefrey as an outcast who murdered his elder brother, the heir to the throne. And this is a quote within a quote. We have absolutely no evidence to support this. Oh, But it lovely. was written in a very famous book, and it's slowly it became the rule, Mr. Dobrev said. Oh. Um, so yeah, Just like when the, we did the Philosopher's yeah. Stone and the people made up the crap about... Nicholas Fulmel, like, 200 years after he died. <laughs> oh, man. It was in a book. It must be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't stop the smear campaigns after you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. I think that's what happened to uh, poor 
Sarah Winchester, too. People just started talking about all that different stuff after she died. Yeah. She, was, she couldn't be like, I'm not afraid of spirits in my house. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, in fact, there are hieroglyphic, hieroglyphics to disprove the theory that he was, that Jadefrey was an outcast who murdered his brother. Because they show that he gave the family money after the murdered brother's death. Like, he was definitely still on speaking terms. <laughs> oh, okay. I love hieroglyphics. Yeah. They're just, like... How, how they ever comics. got... How they ever got translated so accurately blows my mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, don't understand it. Help. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you tell people apart? And, like, oh, gosh. Anyway. Oh, and something I was reading said some of them were probably even misinterpreted because there was one that pe- some people think actually shows two gay men, but they actually had wives and families too, so that the people were like, oh, no, no, they're just they're just close to each other a lot. Look, they have wives and children, but, like, they probably had wives and children and they probably had a gay relationship as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, people today don't have beard families. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I think they were all, like, probably cool with it. Anyway, I think that's awesome if it's true. Don't ask me where I heard that, because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was probably watching some show. Ancient <laughs> aliens. I love... <laughs> no, do you know what I've been binging a lot on Netflix that's actually really interesting? I, maybe I talked about it. Explained? It's oh, like, yeah. Quick, like, 20, 25 minute, yeah. sometimes even shorter than that, episodes, but just, like money explained billionaires explained there's a sex series there's a you know there's a there was a coronavirus one where each episode was on like vaccines or just yeah you know different origin of and like i watched yeah. the covid one right when covid was first happening oh, and i was like yeah, sitting there date and they're like <laughs> yeah it's gonna or it took what the spanish flu was like a three-year epidemic and people were like covid's gonna go away in six months and i was sitting there and i was like yeah try three and I was right. <laughs> yes, but they also, yes, they did an episode in late 2019 yeah. that said, uh, and like Bill Gates was on it and yeah. stuff being like, yeah, there's going to be a pandemic in the next little bit. And then, yeah. bam, yeah. <laughs> and then at the bottom of every interview, it just had, this was, this was. Pre. Yeah, like this <laughs> video interview was from 2019 in March of 2019 or something and predates COVID. It is not specific to COVID or something. <laughs> Right, yeah. but they were so right. <laughs> yeah, I watched that, and then everybody's like, yeah, it's going to go away, and we're not going to have to deal with it. And I'm sitting there going, no, it's going to, like, grow down, and we're going to probably deal with it for the rest of our, our lives. It's going to be, like, the flu. You're probably going to get vaccinated every year. Right. Like, yeah. Variants. Anyway. Yeah. Whew. This has been COVID corner. Okay, so... <laughs> So that Egyptologist Vasil Dobrev thinks he, or Jadefri, if we forgot who we were talking about, <laughs> sought to unify unify the Egyptian people after a rough patch. And that maybe that's why he built it. Yeah, I believe that. It probably it's has something, something in it, but I, it, it's gotta be a symbol of something. Yeah. So the Great Pyramid was already there when the Sphinx was built. And they had carved out so many rocks for the pyramid, I guess, that it had left a big limestone chunk left raw and ready to be sculpted. Okay. 
first few inches anyway. <laughs> yeah. I watched this YouTube video where this guy was trying, like, he bought a bunch of limestone. Like, he was, like, a researcher of some kind or historian or whatever. And he was like, oh, it would have been like this. And he's chunking away at it. And then after, like, four or five inches or whatever, he's like, oh, now it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Not so soft on, after a few inches. I, mm-hmm. I'm, like, just shocked. I, I can't comprehend any of it. <laughs> it's amazing. I still know nothing after doing all this research and I have, like, so many pages of notes. Right. Oh, my God. We could do, like, a so many parter on this, I feel like. Anyway. Um, no, we're good. So. <laughs> Wait. Part, part 32 of Egypt. <laughs> Just turns into a side podcast. About <laughs> Egypt, yeah. <laughs> Armchair detectives. Okay. What am I saying? Uh, Great Pyramid was already there, and Jadefre knew how important it was um, for Egyptians to retain their power after their death. They still need believers on Earth to believe in the old king and to honor him. And he might have also been inspired, like his mother's tomb had been raided, which is the biggest sign of dishonor or disrespect to the dead in Egyptian culture. Yeah, They would have used copper tools to make the sphinx constantly sharpening them to keep the work going Ooh, also the actor they used to pro- to portray Jadefrey in the reenactment was soups hot <laughs> right thank you just saying <laughs> i have no thanks context. smithsonian documentary yeah, yeah. <laughs> smithsonian knows what's up knows they why do. we're watching these reenactments <laughs> Smithsonian fucks. No. <laughs> there is a fissure or a crack that you can. St- <laughs> it's got a hole in the rump and a crack. <laughs> now, okay. That you can still see the evidence of that probably caused a big chunk to fall off that they didn't want. It's like a big fissure. <laughs> oh, okay. And they believe that may have affected the proportions of the body and the length of the body, making it longer and skinnier than they intended. Mm, that's why it's all weird. Could be part of it. Mm-hmm. And also, fun fact, Jedefrey means son of Frey, and Frey means to show or to act. So he's a, uh, just a showman. That's right. He decided to make the greatest show on earth, the Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's just so many like theories and facts. And okay, so the lion symbolizes the sun. That's another fun fact about the lion. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. That makes sense. I guess in Egyptian um, lore, I suppose mythology. This is cool. He had. Jedefrey had two big ships built, or rather all the parts of a ship. The keel, the masts, you know, the decks, whatever. And they were buried next to the Great Pyramid, so his father could sail the Nile in the afterlife with the sun god Ra. Aw, that's nice. I know. I did not know that, and I think it's really cool, yeah. Uh, Then the enclosure wall of the pyramid was completed and laid on top of them, hiding the pits that they were buried in. They were not even discovered until 1955. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did a Way good job. Way after the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. 
Jedefre was obsessed with statues, art, sculptures, and stone. <laughs> Before the Sphinx, it seems, there were only small statues in tombs. Nothing like the Sphinx. Yeah. Vasil, um, from the documentary, he discovered two small Sphinx heads that may have predated the big guy and might have been, like, practicing on. Yeah, and you one don't want to them... fuck up the face. <laughs> don't want to fuck up the face no um one of them might have been jed Efrey's wife so that was another little bit of a clue i guess and for the color the face would have been red is what they found i can't remember exactly how they know this but they they know wow i guess because of other statues and how they were painted and stuff like that mm-hmm and then like yeah, that would have been striped to the headdress, the nemesis or whatever. Would have been like, I think that yeah. was gold and blue or whatever, probably. And then Jedefrey died and no one completed his temple, sadly. Oh. I know. And that's when Caffrey, his half-brother, succeeded him. And I think we said he was the one that's the big pyramid is associated with. Oh, If yeah. I remember correctly. <laughs> It's been so long. <laughs> it's been since the middle of this episode. <laughs> Are you still with us? Hello, guys? <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so there was a Egyptologist from the podcast that I mentioned. He, His name is Menu. Ooh. Yep, that's <laughs> a last name. Sefer. Zade. I cannot remember how he pronounced it. I'm so sorry. It's like S-E-Y-F-Z-A-D-E-H. Yeah. If that helps you any. <laughs> nope. I'm not gonna attempt to try. I just called him Manu in my notes. <laughs> that works. Well, that's his first name. Yeah, exactly. So he wrote a book called Under the Sphinx. He thinks the Hall of Records was actually breached, probably, because of, quote, esoteric evidence in the Middle Egyptian Cemetery of Hermopolis. So, esoteric meaning it's, like, so specific to, like, whatever, that one region or specialization or whatever that it's probably could only have come from the Hall of Records, they figure. Oh, okay. I'm like, I guess you guys know, I don't. <laughs> But yeah, this was in Hermopolis, an ancient Egyptian capital city. And, oh yes, Her 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 Herodotus, that guy, <laughs> he comes up now. <laughs> yeah, the guy that was that... <laughs> unreliable, apparently. Yes, and he was just an ancient, well, yeah, he was an ancient Greek writer, historian, and geographer. But yeah, like you said, apparently he <laughs> made a mistake or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said that, yeah, an underground library existed. He said, this I have actually seen, a work beyond world, words. <laughs> For if anyone put together the buildings of the Greeks and display of their labors, they would seem lesser in both effort and expan expense to this labyrinth. Even the pyramids are beyond words, and each was equal to many and mighty works of the Greeks. Yet the labyrinth surpasses even the pyramids. Ooh. Ooh, I ran across the labyrinth a bit when I was looking for something to cover. 
I didn't oh. do a lot of research on it. Because is he saying that this is the labyrinth, like that the Hall of Records is in? I thought that's why I put it in here. Well, uh, I don't know. The labyrinth was like a 300 room, like maze that was supposed to be like 200 feet tall that you were supposed to, only specific people knew how to navigate through it. And it was like. Yeah, and it was, it was from the Greeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's just referencing the pyramid, the pyramids and the labyrinth. Yeah, because they say the labyrinth is supposed to be the biggest lost monument in Egypt or something. Uh, okay. Because yeah. it's so tall. It's so tall and it's That's huge. Cool. It's like eight, th- eight to 10,000 square feet or something. Wow. Yeah. It's supposed to be like the biggest lost monument. It's probably Ugh. buried in the sand somewhere. <laughs> it's just all full. Just like the Sphinx was. <laughs> yeah. Lucky it just had a tall head. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, there are six chambers, actually, in the body that we know of, and many tunnels. But they're, like, not obviously all explored. Yeah. I think they're just tiny also, and some of the times, like, I'll get to it a little bit. I don't have, like, a whole lot more, but, like, they use robots and shit. Mm, Excuse me. That's the safest thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that we have technology, (laughs) it's an option. So the Manu Egyptologist was saying that in the 1860s, a chamber was discovered at the base of the the big fissure, the great fissure, the crack <laughs> of the Sphinx. Yeah. Uh, and that the fissure was probably in the rock long before the Sphinx was constructed, but maybe they used that to their advantage to help build a better tunnel because it was already there. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, and some have drilled into the Sphinx and have reported back and claimed there are no cavities or hollowed out areas, so that's a little weird. Like, there's some shady stuff <laughs> yeah. um, that people say, <laughs> and then it's, like, refuted, like, uh, they're saying there's no holes inside, yet there's these pictures of people and Egyptologists, like, stuck up to their waist <laughs> in it. <laughs> Like, yeah. how could there be no holes if they're, like, poking their head out? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just found a picture that's a dude, like, in the top of it. There's a cavity in its head, and it says a man standing in a cavity at the head of the Sphinx. And he's, yeah. like, on top of it, and he's, like, up to his shoulder, like, his head's popping out, and he's got his arms up. He's standing. Yeah, a bunch was the same guy. I can't remember exactly which archaeologist. Maybe that George Reisner guy. I don't know. But... They were talking about it a bunch. It was like, yeah. what the hell? How can you say that? <laughs> we have <Yeah>. proof. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Even the, the host was like, why do you think there's so much resistance to, like, exploring? And then the Egyptologist was like, probably, like, a lot of things like tourism. They don't want to hurt. They don't want to ruin all the mystery. And then there's also the preservation, of course, of yeah. the statue itself. Just tourism, 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 tourism. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, because it would also, like, if it's just discovered that it's associated with one religion, then, like, maybe people of the other, really, re- other religions won't want to come visit it. Like, it's just gonna, like, mm. I don't know. They're yeah. afraid of what it could do. So, um, in Menu's book, he says that he was mentioned, he mentions a document held at a British museum that dates to about 1200 BC. This 
text states that the Hall of Records is a book by Thoth. There's that <laughs> Thoth guy again. <laughs> Not Thoth, but Thoth. It's like it's sloth with a speech impediment. No. Yeah. <laughs> but they think that, or he thinks that the Hall of Records is like a book by Thoth and it's stored under the feet of the Great Sphinx. And yeah, they said that Thoth is the Egyptian god of writing and knowledge. So I guess that's another thing he's associated with as well as the moon and whatnot. I yeah, I ran across a few things. <laughs> but, yeah. He's a busy god. Yeah, just like Mercury <laughs> and the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, it's everything my comes god. up every five seconds. That was a fucking awesome Patreon episode. <laughs> Mercury! Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you again. Every five seconds. Like literally every third sentence. And Mercury. Oh, Mercury also stands for this now. And oh, now it stands for this now. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know, we did an alchemy episode and it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Some Harry Potter stuff in there. It had it all. <laughs> some, some Philosopher's Stone knowledge. Yeah, it was good. Very few people are allowed access to study uh, in the area. No ground-penetrating radar is allowed on the Giza Plateau whatsoever. Really? That's no fun. I feel like <laughs> the radar is pretty uninvasive. I don't know. Is that the one where you, like, put a bunch of little things in the ground and then kind of detonate them off? Because they did something like that on Oak Island. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. No, I thought that was like. Let me Google it. Yeah, cause like, sonar and things like that are not invasive. No. Clearly, this is my area of expertise. <laughs> geophysical method that uses radar pulses to image the surface. It's non-intrusive method of surveying. Oh. So why okay. the fuck do they not use it? Yeah, it's like little radar oh. guns that like sit at surface level. Yeah, it's like know. using a like medical m medical metal detector that like just goes on the surface. Um, I know they had done something like it in the past because I had read that there was at least one study where they because they talked about finding the cavity under the yeah. feet. Anyway, um, Manu believes that the money, in his words, is in the anomaly or cavity under the paws. Uh, and then also the anomaly at the Great Fissure. He thinks those are both very important and they should be the ones explored as the main <laughs> yeah. cavities. Yeah. Uh, other people even argue that these anomalies could be naturally formed, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it could be like a fissure that's big enough and appears to be like a tunnel or something. Right. I guess it's possible. And Manu talks of a wooden plate that depicts the view as one would see it from the top of Gib Gibil Gible. What the hell am I writing? I think I spelled <laughs> that on my own. <laughs> and didn't look up. When you hear something on the podcast and you can't double check when it's not an article you're reading, I was like, oh, oh my I god, so. what does that mean? <laughs> okay, but it, it was... <laughs> oh my god. This is hard. Okay. Okay, so this is something depicting the view as seen 5,000 years ago, and it shows a monolithic lion statue. So this could have been evidence of some of the 
like maybe inspiration or preparation. I don't know. Oh, okay. These are the drawing plans. (laughs) Yeah, this is evidence. There is a lioness in Egyptian mythology named Mahit, who was an Egyptian goddess. And there is a 5,000-year-old, he called it a ceiling. And it shows Mahit, I don't know if that means an actual ceiling. (laughs) It shows Mahit with a chisel atop it. And, like, he's saying all of this is, like, Mahit is a lioness, Egyptian goddess, and she's got a chisel on top of her, so that clearly this is maybe who it originally was depicting was a lioness goddess. Oh, okay. She chiseled herself well, out of limestone, maybe? I don't know. Some people even think, I don't know if I even talked about this, that the head is even too small and might not even be the original head like there's just so much confusion yeah it does look kind of all the proportions are off looks weird it's crazy man okay this is kind of cool but it's really hard for me it was really hard for me to understand (laughs) oh god (laughs) manu the egyptologist talks about evidence in his book that has to do with what he says was the date of the original creation of the Sphinx. Okay. Because all we really know is that it was sometime in the age of... Like, it's obviously very rough. Yeah. Somebody Remember somebody said earlier they thought that it was 10,000 years old? Apparently the most common belief is that it is about 4,500 years old. Okay. So... Manu says (laughs) he used two astronomical cycles overlaid upon each other, the equinoxes and the lunar cycle. And this is how he arrived at a date. It commemorates a lunar eclipse on the day of a, when he laid them on top of each other. Yeah. He got a lunar eclipse on top of the day of a vernal or spring equinox, which apparently only happens every few centuries. And this was in the age that it was supposed to have happened. And so if his theory is correct, he doesn't just know the exact year, but he knows the exact day that they started it. (laughs) Okay. Does that make sense? (laughs) Sorry, I just leaned away from my mic. (laughs) Kind of, I guess. I don't know. I'm not up to date on like lunar cycles. I don't know any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, as a lunar, he thought it happened on the day of a, that a lunar eclipse happened in a, on a spring equinox. Equinox is, like, you know, longest sort of days of the year and those, whatever. That's, yeah. like, really weird. In conclusion, the head could be newer. There is a stump on the back just behind the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Decay analysis could take it as far back as... 10,000 years BC, but most say not 20,000. It's not plausible due to decay, but it's basically a freaking mystery. Yeah. It's just as much as the pyramids. Yeah. And I could talk about mysteries in the pyramids too. (laughs) (laughs) We we might have to come back to Egypt and do another one because, yeah, there's still a lot we could talk about. I know. Yeah, we already told you what next week is. It's 
kidnappings, right, Jess? Question. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I immediately confused myself again. Yes, kidnappings. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening. And catch, catch us. us next time yeah, for next kidnapping. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!